I just ate a whole bag of Trader Joe's Takis. She offered me some, and it took everything in me to say no. Because if I start with those, I'm blacking out. I'm not going to stop. I can't just have a few. Chips in general. I'm not, I'm, li- I'm not like that with most chips. It's just Takis. Like that. It's like the it's perfect. I'm going to mouth watering. Yeah. Lime, spice, salt, Ooh. crunch, anything. With cream cheese. Oh, yeah. And a jalapeno. Oh. You guys remember when that was like a viral TikTok snack? The stuffed jalapeno, cream cheese, and then the talkie in the middle. It's so good. Mm, my stomach burns thinking about it. No, yeah, my tongue's a little. I get, with crunchy stuff, I get more addicted to the crunch than I do the flavor. Obviously, oh. the flavor is delicious, but... I crave crunchy for like the, the the sensation of it. Oh, I've never thought of it like that. I'm all flavor. That's why like road trips I'll do because like I'm going to want that a whole six hours like to the bay or something. Yeah. Um, I'll do sunflower seeds because I'm still smart. getting that crunch, but I'm not like going through bags of kettle chips. Literally four or five bags. <laughs> Mouse water. Can you guys hear my saliva? So good. When I, uh, I recently went to a TMJ doctor to just figure out shit and they were taking an impression from my night guard and they were like they like took everything out they're like do you mind just like swallowing real quick i was like yeah what, like what's going on they're like you have a lot of saliva oh my god <laughs> i was like do you notice Thanks. that like throughout the day i mean i drool a lot on accident think about how often oh, i go i just drool you do i drool oh my god, i even feel it right now like i i drool a lot and like when i talk like i swallow like that like you guys are Whoa. gonna notice it now on the podcast like i constantly like swallow okay yeah when i talk a lot i do gain a lot of saliva but i wasn't even talking (laughs) they were just like going in like and she literally pulled everything out do you mind i can tell she felt kind of bad i don't know why they didn't use one of the sucker things oh yeah or like like a dentist office though like they didn't have that type of shit in that room but the um the the way they do impressions now I might be telling you guys something you already know. I just clearly <laughs> have not had dental work in this long. Last time I had an impression of my teeth, it was that like bubblegum goop that you got when you were getting your retainer fit after you got your braces off and you know, it makes you gag and you have to do it twice because they never get it right the first time. So I was assuming that's what I was walking into. No, they use a wand with this like little camera at the end. They don't even touch my teeth or my gums, nothing. My mouth's just open and they're just, the camera's taking a million pictures at once, creating this generated image of my mouth down to like the shine, the color, each divot, like the image afterwards looked like my mouth perfectly. I, I used to go into dentist office thinking like, Everything seems so ancient. Yeah. It's like, like an ancient industry. Yeah. But so it's cool to see like tech finally catching up. For sure. I feel like there's probably still a lot of dentistries in the ancient yeah. like aesthetic, but something like a TMJ or like they specialize in something. I feel like they're that's, like up in their game. Because I feel like having a practice just for that is a modern thing. You used to go to the den- your dentist for like everything. Yeah. Now it's like you, there are people that just study wisdom teeth or TMJ or, you know, whatever. Speaking of doctor's appointments, I just made like 
I sat down one night and made like seven doctor's appointments. I need to do that, dude. Can you like sit me down, and make me do it? Yes, I had it so bad. I had an eye appointment today, which was really cool. I like she oh, yeah, walked me through. Good, nothing's changed. Oh, good. Um, but That's she said good. I'm. Yeah, she said I'm a good candidate for LASIK. Okay. She said wait like one more year. Why? Um, just to like make sure my shit doesn't change anymore because it's been this way for two years. And she said usually like three to four years you want it to be the same. Wow. Um, I had an eye appointment today. I had a gyno appointment last week. I have um, a dermatology appointment. I have a dentist appointment next week. Just like OG cleaning? Yeah. Literally oh, everything. Oh no, I know. I don't know the last it's, time I got my teeth professionally cleaned. I don't know. You're supposed to go every six months. Okay, I've never, ever in my life been on that schedule. Really? I've, ever. Growing up, I was always every six months. I grew up behind a dentist office. Literally, you guys. <laughs> no, like, the dentist's office was sketched. I, I do not know how they were in practice. <laughs> um, They were definitely breaking every code. But we, it was like two cars lengths from a dentist's office. And I still never went to the <laughs> dentist. And then when I would go, like, this man's practice was so prehistoric that, like, he would just, like, Okay, open your mouth. I'd open it. Terrifying. And he was like, one time he was like, all right, we, like your mouth is, your mouth's going to be really crowded when you're older. We need to remove teeth. That he, sounds crazy. He pulls, I had two sessions. The first session, I think it was six. I'm like nine years old. Six, no numbing. No. Uh, correction. I'll give him this. He gave me gel numbing. No. I was crying. I That's like, like malpractice. It was. And like, <laughs> I remember telling my mom, no way, no way. And then one time she came and like sat in on the I was going to say, you were nine and your mom didn't go with you? Well, it was, it was in right. my driveway. Like, <laughs> she didn't need to, you know, like she just told me, go walk over there. That's really how it was. Oh my God. Yeah. No, like on weekends and stuff when like he didn't have patience, we would like, because I played with his kids too, because he was always mm. there, like building crowns for the next week <laughs> or whatever. And me and his kids would go play in the dentist's office and like touch stuff. And Probably like, didn't clean it. No way he cleaned it. <laughs> no way. He did a root canal on me. Terrifying. Didn't he like and fuck he your fucked shit it up, up really yeah. bad? And I had to get it redone a few years ago. And my doctor was literally like, I could tell he was trying not to offend me because he was like, Whoa, where did you get this done? You, are they Thomas still in no practice? Joke. No, he's super old now. Okay. He's like, just like retired. They just. I remember there was a chill. point when um, I was going to the dentist. I was probably like 10 and we started to like see signs of my dentist. He was getting really old and we started to see signs of like dementia and shit. And my Whoa. mom was like, yeah, you're not going what there anymore. What was he anymore. doing? Like forgetting like that you had braces or something? Yeah. Like forgetting basic I had been going to him my whole life right. and he was just it was like one of those doctor's office that was like an old house that was that's what mine was yes, yes. and he'd like <laughs> walk down the hallway and like each bedroom was an attendant yes so sketch yeah no weird it was just like I think my mom was like okay we should take you somewhere good great call Rhonda. So, so I started going in Walnut Creek oh that was nice <laughs> yeah. I always like wanted to go that one but my mom's like no because obviously my mom got that dental work for the low he was right. a, he's also our landlord. Should I throw that out there? Like, he's also was our landlord. So, so suspect. She, he would, like, tack on the bill to our rent. 
I'm serious. He's he's honestly great guy. A great guy. Aside from his malpractice, he he really <laughs> is a great guy. His wife's really cool. Like no, but I I brought that up because like maybe he was just getting old. Um, like in the head. You know what I mean? Maybe he really wasn't that old at those years. He was probably oh, like right. early sixties, and like he's still kicking right now. Like he he was active. I don't know. Uh, you know, at what point oh, well, is that yeah. the excuse for your right. full practice still being open <laughs> when it's been open since the 1800s? Have you ever looked up the reviews? No. Oh, my God. We should. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to. Oh, no. It Seriously, though, like dental trauma is such a real thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I feel like as I've gotten older and I've told dentists in recent years about it and they like really validate me. I'm like, wow, more people go through this than I thought. Yeah. There's so many people. Like, I know Tana Mojo is out. Like, she talks about it a lot because she has a lot, gets a lot of dental work. I feel like every week one of her veneers is falling out. Oh, it's yeah. always on her story. <laughs> She's like, oh, fell out on a jet. Like, it's always <laughs> something. But I, um, when I got my root canal, I actually asked her where she went because she posted a review. You went to him, too. Yeah. Um. S Ed Edisami at S Doctor I don't remember whatever she posted a really good review saying like I told him I was so scared and he was so nice to me and then when I went to get that root canal fixed he like sat with me he's he's he was like raise your hand if you want me to stop even if you're not in pain I don't care I will stop and sit here with you as long as you want and then it was we'll start really again cool. he did my wisdom tooth oh my god oh I have to get my wisdom teeth pulled. That's going to be funny. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to film it. Yeah. You got to. F- oh, I hope I don't say some shit. It's okay. I guess I'll edit it out. <laughs> um, One of the other appointments that I made, I kind of talked about last episode. I had my first therapy session. It was a two hour intake session. Big boy. That's a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. That's a long time. It was real. It felt really long. And there was a point where like I started to get anxious. Do you did you get. I get this during long therapy sessions, just tired. At one point, yes. were you like, I don't want to talk about me anymore? Yes. I get like that, yes. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like, uh. Well, and like, I was crying the whole time. Yeah. And that in itself is exhausting. Sure. So I was just, I don't know. It was, okay, it was really good. I'm, my next session's on my birthday. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That I, didn't, nice. I didn't tell her. I wasn't going to, she was like, how does Thursday work? And I like looked at my calendar. I was like, oh yeah, that's fine. I was going to be like, that's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, It'll be good though. Yeah. Like best birthday gift ever. I'm excited. Yep. I'm excited for it. Um, it went really well. We talked a lot about, I like, I was really nervous that I wasn't going to connect with her. Yeah. And I talked, we talked a lot about spirituality. Um, she asked like if I grew up. My she asked like my stance on a lot of things, hmm. which I liked. Um, on stance on religion, like how I grew up, um, spirituality. We got a lot into life after death, obviously because of my recent losses. Um, and we really like connected, and she went into her spirituality, and we we like align like that. So I feel like I could really relate to her. Um. I'm not going to go like super far into it, but we talked a lot about my relationship with alcohol and how that has related to uh, my grandma and her relationship with alcohol and how there's other addictions in my family. I grew up around addiction my whole life and now I'm at a point where 
my relationship with alcohol isn't I'm really struggling with my relationship with alcohol. Let's just say um, struggling to balance it, to understand it. Like what type of struggle? Both. I, I think up until this point, drinking was always like fun for me. And now because I've been drinking a lot since moving here. And I think in the recent years, a lot has come out while I've been drinking and about who I am and like how I handle alcohol. And it's something that I feel like I have been needing to work on. And she's just given me insight about what, like how addiction can look in that scenario. Um, she was like, I can't sit here and say you're an alcoholic because we've had a 45 minute session. Um, but she had mentioned that, my relationship with alcohol and like how I've reacted with alcohol and like my blackouts and how I act when I drink too much, um, sounds a little bit like an alcohol problem, which sounds right. So I'm interested to see like how that moves forth. But since that call, I have like, I like think about, I always like go into the week thinking about weekend plans. Right. And like, since moving here, it's always been, oh, we're going to go out mm-hmm. and we're going to drink. I haven't had that thought. It's like, it scares me having that thought. Oh, to have it. I thought you meant yes. it scares me that you're not having it. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Thing. No, yeah. It it feels better that I like don't have that perspective already anymore. That is like, pat yourself on the back for that because that is is one of the hardest mindsets mindsets for people who struggle with alcohol to even get to. Yeah. So the fact that you're, (laughs) I don't mean to like boil it down to this, but like nipping it in the butt early. Right. For lack of a better word, like at a young age when it hasn't got to your week or anything. Yeah. And that's how I've always felt. I've always like, I've never felt like, oh, I need a drink. Right. I've never leaned on it to suppress anything. Right. I've never leaned on alcohol. It's always just been like going out too much and mm-hmm. drinking too much. And when I get, I don't think I've ever said this, but like when I like way over drink, I get snappy and I turn into a bitch. And like, I've always thought, oh, I'm just a mean drunk. Or like maybe like this too, too much of this alcohol makes me a, a bitch. But like, like you blamed it on the alcohol. Right. But it's it's not. It's just like what it's bringing out. Right. And yeah. like that's exactly what my therapist was talking to me about. So, yeah, I'm kind of like reworking that, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. I like I'm starting to see it like clearly now. Yeah. That's one session. Yeah. Like that's the beauty of a good therapist. Like they really are just there to hold up the mirror. Right. And walk you through what you already know. They're not giving you anything that you don't know. That was one thought I had was a lot of like the conversation that we had in that first session was I've already gone through this in my head. Mm -hmm. But like hearing it from someone who doesn't know you, doesn't know (laughs) me, has this like perfect. I'm a soul believer and like um. They went to school for this. They're experts right. in all of yeah. this. Like she's got credentials. Yes. That's why you get them? Um, I trust her. Yep. So yeah, it was a success. What's really good? It was really good. I'm so glad that that not only like matching yourself with a good therapist, but that first session 
really sets the tone for your experience with them and the fact right. that it went so well like it's going to be a breeze it's going to it's going to be he- like there'll be heavy days heavy sessions but like it's also really fun to learn about yourself in that light and right. like you already feel it you already get it yeah another thing that was like really cool was i have been feeling like ever since my grandma passed I really got like the fire under my ass to start therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't like just to tackle my grief, but I've literally felt like a pool to start therapy. And um, my therapist looks a lot like my grandma. I don't know. She looked like her. Yeah. She has, she has short like bleach blonde hair. Wow. And um, she goes by, I'm not going to say her, 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 like what I call her. Um, she goes by her middle name. And when I was talking about my grandma and how I've been feeling like I've been getting signs from her to start therapy, she like stops me and she goes, um, I'm going to say this because we related about spirituality and like, I kind of got insight on your stance on, um, afterlife and everything. I just want you to know my name. My first name is Bonnie. It's fucking crazy. That's my grandma's name. Yeah. And like not a common name. No. Um, oh, I literally got chills over my whole body and not just I like bet. chills from the news, like chills from like my grandma. overcame you. Yes. Yeah. It was you. insane. I literally felt like she, like my grandma handpicked her. Yeah. And think about th- what you're working on too. Like your grandma was probably like. Yes. I, you know, don't want her to go down what I went down and I'm going to send help. Yes. So, um, she, she had asked if my grandma ever worried about me. And after my grandma passed my, um, one thing that stuck with me when we were visiting my grandma's husband who was still alive at the time, um, he kept saying, Bonnie was always worried about you, Alex. She was always worried about you. Um, <laughs> she, my grandma follows me on, or followed me on Instagram. And I po- we post a lot going out and drinks and stuff. Yeah. And he said that she would constantly like point out the like alcohol. Yeah, me going out. Mm. And how much she worried about me and my drinking. I mean, that's so valid. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, it was just like, yeah, and it, um, I feel like she's still worrying about me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. She's one of your angels now, now she's just guiding you. Yeah, and I think she's, I think she was just a big push for me to start therapy, and it, that first session really validated that. Yeah, so I've been, like, looking at my weekends a little differently. Like, even this weekend, your sister's here, and, like, usually we would go out and Full nights of drinking. Especially with Monica. But she's even in like a thing right now where she's not wanting to drink as much. Yeah. I feel like it's a collective energy. I was going to say, I'm seeing a lot, even on social media, of people like, there's there's a lot of people saying that a lot of people are going to be sober by choice. Sober curious is like the term I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of um, uh, damp lifestyles. Oh, that's so funny. Where you like go out one drink. Yeah. Which we tried that last weekend. We went out and had good. two drinks and it was good. It was a good night. Yeah. Because the place we went, we actually were thinking about going there again tonight. But 
it has really, really nice cocktails. Mm -hmm. So they are these things you sip for damn near 40 minutes. Like they're very spirit forward, but they're like you sip them. They're not, you're not there just throwing back shots to get another and order another round. And we had like two. Yep. And we even went home like, so Con- glad we, we said it so many times in the Uber home. So glad we're not going to be so hungover. So glad we're not hammered right now. So glad we're not going to get pizza at four in the morning. Like those nights are so fun. And like, yep. we're going to have one again. It's not like those are done forever. But like the fact that that was like, habitual for a minute. Yes. Is what's not okay. And the fact like the fact that we can function sa- out socially without getting hammered yeah. is, I mean, it's nice for me to know that because yeah. I've always been um pretty afraid to go out socially sober Mm -hmm. because i just know how i am sober around people especially that i don't know i feel like i hermit um and then you get drinks in me and i'm a social butterfly and i've always like relied on that in social situations so it's nice to go out and like we had one drink and we were talking to a whole bunch of people the whole night and i was like oh I'm fine. It's a muscle we'll build too. <laughs> yeah. Like it'll, now it'll get easier. There's still going to be an adjustment, but like it'll, it'll all come together. Right. But yeah, last night we didn't, last night was Friday and we didn't do anything alcohol wise. We went to, and we told you guys on the hella zoom call on Friday, we went and saw Harry Potter on Broadway oh. and we've had these tickets for a minute. Good. My sister is super into Harry Potter, so it was, like, perfect. She had just flown in. We were, that was the first thing we did. And going into it, like, I honestly assumed it was going to be kind of corny. I've, I read reviews saying the story was great, and there, there were hundreds of reviews saying the magic was really cool. But, of course, in my head, I'm like, but is it that cool? Like, how cool can it be? Right. It's magic in real life. Like, I don't know. I just didn't believe that it was going to be as cool as it was. 10 out of 10. Oh, my God. Such a cool show. If you can get your hands on tickets, if you're in the area or you plan on coming here, even if you're not a Broadway person. I'm not even a Harry Potter fan. Sure. And it's still fucking good. It's not like it's not like a musical or anything. So it's not like corny. I do love musicals, but like they can get corny. You know what I mean? Very easily. It's such a cool storyline. Um, you you don't like have to know every detail of the whole series, really. Mm-hmm. So that's nice that you can go in with fresh eyes. The magic was, I'm convinced it was real magic. Yeah. Like, no, how the, the visual fuck did they effects do? insane. Everything, the production, yep. the casting. Oh, the casting was so good, you guys. The set design. Perfect. It had a perfect writing. line. Yep. yep. A perfect line of comedy. Yes. But not too yes. much. The comedic relief came in waves and it was tasteful. It wasn't corny. The The story had you hooked. The The cliffhanger before the intermission was perfect. Yep. Also, the intermission, they changed what the lobby looked like to go with what just happened on your cliffhanger, which was so cool because... I feel like sometimes with an intermission or even like fuck a commercial break in a movie, like you lose you the lu- yeah, you yeah. lose the like the luster of the story. You didn't get that there. Nope. It still felt like you were in it. In it. Oh god, it, I I like want to say all the details, Me too, but, but I don't, don't want to spoil it. it. Like there's you- a lot of um, Monica said like a phrase, um, uh, something how like so the story interacts with the audience at times 
And they had like three or four times where the story like leaked into the audience. It's it's not like verbal or anything. It was truly no. just like the magic came past the stage. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it was each time it was surprising. Yeah. It like I gasped. Yes. Like, I was like, <gasps> yes. Like it was magic. It was magic. Yeah. I don't know. It was so it good. Was, so it cool. makes me want to go to every single Broadway show there is. We will. We have all the time in the world, and we're right next to it. Like, I'm gonna go to Dear Evan Hansen. Yes, I that was really okay, good. That's good. I want to. I want to see Wicked. I think my mom wants to see Wicked. So if you're down to go in October, yeah, go see that. I want to see it all. I want to see the ones that I don't even know. I want to see. Like I. Yep. So if you have any suggestions, if you're a Broadway please. people, please send us suggestions. Maybe even write a little. Um, reason why it's good because I want to be like pulled in, like yep. convince us. Yep. But it's so cool. Also, does anybody know? Is there like a ticket you can get to like Broadway show hop? There's good question. Gotta be. There's got to be some like like deal. An, like a all access pass or something. Yeah. If you guys know of any, let us know. Any anything for like shows like that in the city? Frequent flyer cards. That's the type of shit we. Need yeah. To <laughs> Now that we're not going to go out every weekend and get hammered, like... Oh, my God. We're going to become theater whores. Absolutely. Gladly. <laughs> Gladly. Cultured? Is that what you mean? Oh, great. Let's fucking do it. Like... Oh, no. What? I can't hear. Um, send Rex your favorite museums, your favorite shows, your favorite whatever. We need to start doing more comedy shows, too. Yeah. We're thinking about doing that this week. We will. My sister's here for a week. Which would be cool. You guys met her in season two, right? Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go check it out. Uh, her name's Monica. Her name is Monica McAtee. She is my sister. We have the same middle name. Oh, yeah. they uh, Pronunciation-wise, but she, we spell it different. Does she have one E? Yeah. Okay. I always forget how many E's are <laughs> in both of your guys's. But, yeah, go watch the episode with her. We talk about, like, spirituality and... um. What else did we talk about that in that episode? Aliens. Oh, yeah. Alien shit. I don't know. You can also see like. Sisterhood. Yeah. Talk a lot about like sibling shit. And her being a mom. Mm-hmm. So a uh, little sidebar. I am totally shadow banned on TikTok right now. And I have been for like a week. Why? I don't know. I didn't do anything and I don't think it's always that straightforward I've been like trying to research it I've even been talking to some other creators about it and they're like dude it really just like happens randomly what I didn't do like it should happen to the people that fucking do something yeah I don't know like I have videos what does shadow band mean you're just not showing up on like can people search you uh you know how I think so yeah you could could still search people you're not like blacklisted or anything um just but you're not coming up on 40 pages. You're not in the algorithm. Oh. Like people truly have to like be on their following tab to even see your shit or they need to search you. And like it's I know it might sound silly, but like it is really discouraging, especially as a creator. Yeah. Like I've been really like I've actually been like trying hard on TikTok and like Instagram reels this past few days and like not having anything in return for that. Like I'm not sitting here like I need to go viral, but like. Right. The amount of people that have seen a video that's been up for 12 hours are the amount of people that usually see it in like 30 seconds. That's crazy. It's, it's insanity. I'm looking at it right now. Like it's, 
I don't know what's up. And yeah. have you talked to other people? Have they said like how long it usually lasts? Nobody has said how long it's lasted because I don't think it's like the same for everybody. Mm. But it sounds like if you repost a video that you have that has gone viral, people will usually like it'll kind of go viral again for same reasons because it was a good video, whatever it may yeah. be. And then you'll kind of be brought back in the algorithm. But like, I don't want to do that. No. Because that's also like. I don't know if that's like my pride. I'm also like reposting not- my most famous yeah. TikTok. Like I, I don't want to do that. I know people do that all the time and there's, you know, like I enjoy it. I like it, but like, I just feel weird doing that. Yeah. And I don't even know like what I'd fucking repost. I don't know. It's just so shitty. So if anybody has any advice on what to do and I like, you'd think there'd be a way for creators to contact somebody. Yeah. There's not. Then like there's, there's no like back end for creators. There is, but it's like it's all automated. Yeah. It's just the basic shit. Damn. And my manager has somebody or knows somebody who works there, hit them up and they never even responded. <gasps> so they know it's just it. Exactly. There's like, nothing they, they could do probably. Same with Instagram. Like when people are shadow banned on there, like. Do you think it's just, a way to keep creators like level playing field? I don't even think it's that calculated, to be honest with you. It's just random. They pull people in and out of the algorithm I, for I, no reason. I think it's purely the algorithm. I think they've built a beast that they can't even predict mm. what it does. I On Instagram, too, like, I, I don't even think it's... I think it's because the algorithm's too dumb. Like, it oh. clearly... Something got flagged for no reason. Right. But on, in the algorithm... Like it was probably, they probably thought I said something bad or whatever. I don't, I don't even think it's that smart. Mm-mm. Like I think people try to boil it down. I, I think the reason the humans at these corporations aren't saying anything is because they don't even fucking know. Yep. Like nobody knows. That's so crazy. And you just wait it out and it sucks. Cause then like if I have a brand deal that goes up, right. Which I have one next week that sucks for them. They paid X amount of money for, not a guaranteed amount, but like a fair idea of what their creator, their parent paying is going to get engagement. And now it's just a shot in the dark. Yep. They might get, they might get a 16th of that now. Like that's really how small it is right now. Damn. But they know that's like no fault of yours. Right. Yeah. But they don't, they don't care. That just kind of means they're not going to come back to me. They're going to go to somebody who's not shadow banned with their budget. Wow. Like it, it really is messing up creators. Like I'm, it's not even about the money at this point. Now you're just messing up my relationships. Yeah. It, it's, it sucks. I've been like super upset about it and I, I feel like I'm in a box. I and don't you have like every time I look over, you're, you're like putting together a video. Yes. You, do, you have been spending a lot of time on them. I literally, I have two edited right now, like, or three, I have three TikToks edited and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to post them. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what to do. So if anybody knows what to do. Like, seriously, help. All right, enough about stupid Tim talk and Tim Ton. Stupid <laughs> social media. I just want to go off the face of the earth. My, uh, when I was at the TMJ doctor, he was like, How's your stress? And I was like, I, I don't, I never know how to answer that question, sir. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know, like, what factors I need to measure in order to like find the level of stress in my day-to-day life. Does that make sense? Yes. We should do a stress episode. Let's not talk about it anymore. We should do a stress episode. Okay. Love that. Do Do you guys like that? We're going to do it anyway. Stress me out. That's the point. (laughs) I mean, real life. Should we do it when we're both really stressed? 
I won't even make sense. Okay. <laughs> Maybe though. We'll, Just because we'll like that's good to li- Okay. Yeah. Um, but why did I say that? Oh, he was like, have you ever thought about just like going on a trip and like fully unplugging? Like, don't even like turn your phone off. I'm like, don't even turn my phone on. Like, no, I can't do that. Sure you can. No, I can't. Why? I would have to plan it out so far in advance. Why can't you do that? Because that I would lose work. I have things like scheduled out. I'm saying like I can, but then I would have to go to the end of my calendar of contracts and do it yeah. then. Yeah. Like think about like, yeah, it made you me, could like, carve out like four or five days. Yes, but it, not when I need it. How do you plan when you need that, to yeah, unplug? I that's agree. what I mean. That's something you cannot plan for no. or you have to plan for and you can't, you can't do it on a whim. Right. So that was... Uh, you know what you need I brought that up I don't know an assistant yeah I don't know I've I've gone back and forth about getting an assistant but I I feel weird telling somebody what to do I know that's like literally the point but like I I get it I get it because I feel like anyone who you'd hire you'd like it'd be someone who you could be friends with. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah. So then I'm going to feel even more weird. Yeah. Because I'm going to be saying it to What if you, saying that out loud, what if you hire someone who like, I Wait, mean. hate. No. <laughs> you can be friends with anyone. But like, what if you s- hire someone who's just like, so get the job done and not like another mid-20s girl in New York. You know what I mean? Like, but like get, find I'm- a fi- finance bro. No, she's not. <laughs> No shot. Find, find like. I want to kiss them. Uh, <laughs> find like a like a data engineer who just needs a side gig, like helping. But I, if I get an assistant and I pay an assistant, I'm gonna want them to be like creative. Mm. I don't want just someone to do the job. Because even just doing the job, you still have to have a creative mind. Yeah. For this shit, for like, yeah. So I'm. I don't know. I want, I want how, I want the relationship that Alicia and TK have. Yeah. No, that's fine. I know, like, TK's fully, like, TK her own creator is a now. genius. But when they first got started, like, the, the content, like, I forget, like, the word she used, but she, she was Alicia's just brain mm-hmm. and, like, stayed on top of trends and, like, like, I want that. So if anybody lives in New York. Serious inquiries are only, only. Um, I, I don't know. That would just be so ideal is someone who's like with the shits. Yeah. But you then, just have to be comfortable. Like yeah. you're paying them. And even if I like voice this to them. Right. Like maybe they could be like, and hey, like once me. you have like a rate figured out and the job expectations, as long as like no one breaks those and you're not like overstepping boundaries. Right. <sighs> I don't know. It already freaks me out. And just don't like, hey, sorry, can you go get me a coffee? No. Like, don't say coffee. Or don't say sorry, I mean. <laughs> I don't I don't even. Mm. I would only do that if, like, we were tra- setting up the podcast or something. Like, okay, but I that's go, what an assistant is. But if I can go get it, I'm going to fucking go get it. You like, could argue that for everything that you do. And that's why I haven't had an assistant. <laughs> that's literally why I haven't argued or haven't hired one. I almost said bought one. Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> 
because I'm like, but, but I could do that. But I could do that. I could do that. That's not the point. I would love if like, while you and I were getting ready, there was somebody like setting up the set. Right. And like having one little coffees ready or something like that. Yeah. Like, that type of shit would be really nice. Literally the definition of a, of an assistant. But then I'm like, I could do it. Look, we did this. We Guys, did. There's a light standing. <laughs> there's, I say that and I look to my left. I literally put up a light on top of a chair. We will just forever be makeshift. I, Get over it. We are easygoing girls. <laughs> Side note, if you're on uh, visual, let us know what you think of this lighting. We're playing with times of day. Yeah. Um, first episode, you noticed that the second half of the episode got dark because obviously the sunset. Alex's side's next to a big window, if you can't tell. So I faked a light to make my side look light, too. Um, Our living room is just, like, so affected by light, and it changes literally by the minute. So we're just trying to play around to see what works and what you guys like. Yeah. Um, Let us know. Yeah. Okay, anyway, song of the day, what are you wearing? Okay, I'm wearing my Back to the Future shirt. It says, I've worn it so many times, but I'm going to say it again. Um, I'm back from the future, your history, Universal <laughs> Studios. One of the best shirts. That's I'll such never a get good rid shirt. Of. Does it have a year? Because that's Universal merch. Like, I wonder yeah. what year that was just in it the has gift like shop. Coffee stains on it. it. Um, and it looks like some. So, it looks like one of those shirts that, like, you know, like when moms would like cut the neck out of shirts. Yes. It looks like they maybe tried to do that and then just like stitched it back up. So yeah. there's this huge like seam down the middle of it, which is really cool. Um, I don't see a year. No, we'll check on like the tag or something. And then my weed socks. <gasps> Alex. That's drunks. We don't dangle those. <laughs> I'm wearing a big t-shirt from White Fox. Um, it's So comfy. It's like thick and oh, so cozy. I'm wearing biker shorts from White Fox and then I'm wearing my Gary socks. Look how long they are. They literally go up to my knees. They're so weird. I love them. I have every character. Funny, because we're going to dinner tonight, and you <gasps> just said you wanted to eat snail. Now I don't. <laughs> now I'm going to think of Gary. Aww. Yeah. I'm totally still going to eat it. I've never had escargot, and the place we're going has it, so I'm really excited to try escargot. it. Escargot. What? It's just like a funny name. That's what it's called. I know. We'll let you know how the escargot. Escargot. We'll let you know how the escargot <laughs> Anyway, my song of the day is I Don't Know Why by Nora Jones. Okay. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Makes me feel very like New York in the fall. Yes. That's, uh, that's what I'm channeling lately. Like right. I'm, I'm really trying to get it here. Yeah. Um, Mine is Okay, Love You Bye by Olivia Dean. Okay, Love You Bye. That's a cute name. Yeah. It's a really cute song. I'll send it to you. Thank you. Um, Guys, my sister's been in the past. No, yeah. Should we check on her? <laughs> She has been in the bathroom for two hours. Yeah. Hey, Mon. Monica. Are you okay? Okay. She's like underwater. (laughs) Yeah, she's good, guys. Wow. No, she's been there for a minute. Yeah, she... To feel her fingertips. Ew, she's so (laughs) pruny right now. Okay, today, let me pull up our little notes. We, We write notes every little episode. We're just so official... We should start printing these out. See if I had an assistant. We could get like cute paper. Yeah. Print it out. Have her like laminate it and we can like cross it off with the X markers. And you know what? If you had an assistant, because every time we discuss an episode, we kind of just like, like 
spitfire back and forth she could be typing or writing it down as we you know what we'll see anyway (laughs) um we were like alex just said we were literally standing looking at each other yesterday we're like what should we talk about and alex made a point of talking about self-worth and i like this because i feel like we've talked a lot about self-love and like the self-care and the things you could do for yourself and like the positive side that the the part that we all want to get to Mm -hmm. but we want to tackle self-worth in a way of um like how you apply it yeah and like kind of like the more logical side of it rather than the emotional side and um like the language you speak to yourself and um your internal dialogue and then we want to get into how it plays out in relationships um our personal experience and just general scenarios that we'll come up with uh, but I like this episode. I think it'll be really cool. I think this is definitely something I've personally noticed. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll lean more on the self-esteem branch. Mm-hmm. That's more something I've noticed uh, being a main character in my life the past few years. And I never thought I struggled with it. Mm-hmm. Always been pretty comfortable in my skin for the most part. I always thought my struggles were pretty normal with like, I look fat in this. Like that's like, I always thought it was normal. I put it in quotes. And then my therapist was like, yo, you got to work on your self-esteem. Whoa. She called me out. This was like in the beginning of our, uh, our time together. And do you know what like triggered her to say that? Um, it was my self-esteem in what I think I deserve. Mm-hmm. Cause I, that's the biggest tell all. Yeah. And I never looked at it that way. I really always, I think I always looked at self-esteem as like kind, like confidence. kind of more shallow. Yeah. yeah ego. Little, right. Exactly. And it was, it was back when I was telling her about a guy back in 2020, um, not Tanner, uh, how I like cringed at how much he was into me. And she was like, well, what is he doing? Mm. Is he like being corny? And I'm like, no, like he's actually like really sweet and like really nice gestures. And like he, it's like, it's not him on paper. It's okay. It's just, it makes me feel so uncomfortable. And she was like, it's cause he's a fan. He's in your fan club and that's your least favorite club. Cause you're not even a fan of yourself. Yep. <sighs> and I was well, like, it's like how could anyone like me this much? Yeah. Cause you don't even like, and if you much. do, your standards are low. If exactly. you if you like me and I don't have the same feeling towards myself, your standards are low and I no longer want anyone whose standards are that low. Yeah. How does that make sense? It, it, for real though, that's exactly the inner dialogue I had yep. during that time. Like how, like you have no taste. Yeah. And then like I would start like judging their character for liking me. Right. What a dark place. And I don't think there'll ever be a point where I won't struggle with that, but it it's, that's what we want to get into here. It's the little things you can kind of implement every day to curb those thoughts that might come up. So after my therapist and I talked about my self-esteem, we, we did kind of create like a game plan mm. and she really pushed how it starts with self-talk. And I know we hear that all the time and like, what does that even mean? Is it literal? Is it, this was things going through my head. Is it actually talking to myself in the mirror? Is it just my thoughts? Is this stuff I should be writing down? Is this like, how do you implement that? And I think everybody's answer looks totally different. 
Um, I wish I was more of a talker out loud because I do feel like that's powerful. Yeah. I just feel super weird when I do it. Yeah. And especially like, let us know how you do it. Especially like like living with you. I've thought recently. So I thought recently I want to like talk out loud to my grandma. This is a little bit of a like off topic, but like talking out loud first of all to my dad grandma and like you're just like sitting in your room we're really soundproof though <laughs> that's true how that's about true. this we take an Should hour we try it? yeah we'll take like an hour a day on like thursdays or something where we just talk to ourselves we'll close our doors hey we're, i'm gonna go talk <laughs> we'll Love talk that. to you in an hour so if we hear things like and it can only be positive yeah that's good it's a good rule should we have like a negative self-talk coin jar yes and then with that money we'll go see a broadway show there's no okay what that's a good we should have something that costs less oh chipotle okay <laughs> just because like we'll have to talk really oh, bad right. about no ourselves. we're gonna start like purposely <laughs> talking. Like, really want to go see a show i saw Fuck. <laughs> i think we should though i think that'd be like that's a, a good rule a good practice it keeps you in check right um but yeah uh, the way that looks for me is, like I said, I'm not as talkered out or louder. So it's really in my head. Uh-huh. My inner dialogue, I mean, first of all, it never shuts the fuck up. But in times of, they're not even, it's not even the same time. Like, I'll have a good day and I'll still talk shit to myself. Like, uh-huh. it's, it literally just, like, is what it is. Um, I I go through a mental check of like oh like be gentle with yourself like say um I have to do an example I'm gonna talk in circles it's a it's a productive work day in the house you're over at the computer working like I just finished something and I need to hop into something else um generally that's something kind of hard for me to do I I feel like I'm years into my career but it's still very hard to be my own boss Mm -hmm. like it's very hard to tell myself to get something going and then you get into the habit of like you finish something and you're like okay I deserve a break right perfect perfect segue it's those moments where I'm like okay I deserve a break so I take you know honestly I'll take 10-15 minutes to just sit on TikTok and I'm sitting there and I talking shit to myself like you're being lazy as fuck like get up you know you need to get this done by four go start filming whatever and I start talking shit to myself calling myself lazy and sometimes darker things and then I have a moment back to that narrative of no I deserve this and I tell myself be gentle with yourself like be nice to yourself But I still find there's this line of gentle self-talk that, like, I feel like our generation and generations under Gen Z, like, we're like, be nice to yourself. Like, you have to be gentle. Life's fucking hard. Trauma's real. And that's all true. But I'm also, like, at what point are you babying yourself? Exactly. I'm, like, enabling these behaviors that make me feel bad about myself, make me feel lazy. Right. That specific example. So, like where's the line where I need to actually be like, no bitch, get up. Yep. It's two and it needs to be done by four. And like, like, at what point do you call that self-love? Right. When usually we look at it as like, you're being hard. I'm being harsh on myself, but like, that's also a form of self-love because your productivity is mentally good for you. Right. But that's you and I having this conversation. Right. There's people who find self-worth 
in those moments of solitude, in those moments of relaxation. Yeah. And I kind of wish I was that person sometimes. It, it just depends, you know, this, this whole podcast really, the way you, you hear it and take it in is it depends the way you value your self-worth. But generally, in fucking corporate America, you do value your self-worth with your productivity and it yep. sucks. But like, how do you guys deal with it? I feel like this is also a big inner dialogue we all have those of us working from home since um, the panorama, uh, you know, like you're kind of a little more lax. So it's mm-hmm. easier to have those moments of 10 minutes on TikTok, And then, Oh, like, I don't know. I, it, it's such a hard thing of when do I push myself? But then when am I pushing myself too hard? Right. And I don't know how to master that. I genuinely don't know. I don't know if that's going to come with time or do you ever like one thing that I do is I look back on my day speaking like specifically about productivity. Mm-hmm. I look back on my day and I think, first of all, I do like a mental check. Like, was I productive? Did I get enough done? What kind of day did I do? I, did I have? And like whether or not I'm happy with the results. Mm. Most of the time, if I feel like I had a productive day and I didn't let myself take that break. Yeah. Because a lot of the times, for me specifically, that mental break, I put it in air quotes because, like, physically I'm taking a break from my work, Mm -hmm. but I'm also on TikTok, and that is just as equally mentally exhausting (laughs) and a hit to your self-worth as it is continuing to work. Yeah. So it really just, like, depends on what you do during that mental break to check in with yourself. Yeah. If it really is feeding your like what you need as a break and helping your self-worth, then it's a good break. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time for like I said, for me specifically taking that break and doing nothing like being on my phone, social media specifically, it's, it makes it worse. So that's why I do those mental checks at the end of the day. And I'm like, okay, was I productive? Did I have those stupid TikTok breaks? Most of the time when I have more of a productive day and I start my day early and I go and I work out and I sit down, I don't, I sit at the table and I don't sit on the couch and I work through my day. It does turn out to be a better day because I wasn't on scrolling on social media, looking at people like, oh, I wish that was my life. I was just like, so that just goes in one ear out the other. Yes. Yeah. And it's five seconds of stimulation where you go through, oh, this is a pretty picture. But then you go down the rabbit hole of why am I not in Bora Bora right now? Mm-hmm. I work remote. Yeah. I could travel for, I could do anything. I could go anywhere. Yep. Exactly. It's like, it, it's almost worse than continuing to work because like, it's now bringing you in emotionally. It's not only yes. taking your time up, but now like, you're way more invested in what's on your phone than you ever were on your spreadsheet or your Photoshop file or right. whatever, like at your work. With, with taking breaks, I feel like, um, even like a vacation, like we're talking about, like actually unplugging Would I actually unplug, like if I turn off my phone is my brain's probably going to still be going. Right. And even the little breaks we give ourselves throughout the day, like that, that guilt in the back of your head is so counterproductive because now not only are you taking time away from what you should be doing but you're not even giving yourself the time you just took away. Right. Now you're just applying it to something else that it 
it isn't allotted for. It really is like a, a two-step process that have to work hand in hand. Like you have to be able to be comfortable giving yourself the time to take a break. Yeah. But you also have to use that time wisely to actually work on your self-esteem and like give yourself the value, you know? You deserve the break. Yes. Take it, shut off your head as much as you can, whatever that means for you. Cause you deserve it. Mm -hmm. I think it like, if we tell ourselves that in those moments, it might be a little bit easier to settle in rather than sitting there. I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. I should be getting back to work. And it's things like that, that you want to exercise over time that will really build your self-worth back. Mm -hmm. Trusting your decision and your judgment of when it's time to take a break and not doubting it for being lazy. No, no, no. Trust that your brain signaled to you that you're exhausted for a sec. Yep. And trust that it's coming from a place. I think it's almost like a reverse psychology. Like trust yourself, like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Trust, start trusting yourself and your judgment. This could be on other people too, but like, you know, your judgment calls, I'll say. And that'll ripple effect into trusting yourself. That's At least that's been a big one for me is just self-trust. Yep. Um, this is, we have a whole episode about imposter syndrome, but I wrote it down because it does like play a big hand in self-worth. Definitely listen to that one. If you haven't, um, if you're there, you deserve it. If you Mm -hmm. talking career, what career wise specifically, um, you didn't just land the job because you got lucky and you, it just like landed in your lap. You are there and you were hired and you have this project that you're working on and you're doing all of these things because you deserve it and you've proven yourself. You don't have to keep proving to your own self because you've already, that's the thing with like imposter syndrome. You've proved it externally, Mm -hmm. right? You got the degree. You applied for the job. You got accepted. Yep. On paper. To everyone else, you've proved that you deserve to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. At this point, it's all about proving to yourself that you deserve to be there. Sounds so backwards. It's, but it like, it, it, it is. is. That it's really so backwards. It, yeah. Like you doing all of those things externally should be the proof that you deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it is that simple. Like I said, we have a whole episode about posture syndrome. Go listen to it. Um, it's, it's all about just like knowing you actually are supposed to be there. Imposter syndrome is tricky too because like when I struggle with it, I feel like I personally think it is stemmed from my self-esteem and like, like you just said, lack of thinking you deserve it. Yeah. That's like, that's like a really generic definition of it. But I know there's also studies that people think it's a primal thing and it's something it's like, um, like keep, keeping you on your toes kind mm. of like that people also believe it does. It doesn't come from you thinking you don't deserve like the emotional side of it. It comes from like something a little more logical in the brain. And there's so many ways to like, look at imposter syndrome. Some people think it's like silly that people try to cure it because like it's a part of us and it always will be like keep working to be better at what you're doing as like as in like survival of the fittest way? Yeah, like don't stay too comfortable. Got you. Keep keep evolving. Oh. Which almost like when I think of it that way, I'm like, okay, like it's kind of yeah. cool. No, like I was going like, to say like that's a, that's a very bad. different perspective on imposter syndrome because imposter syndrome 
the phrase can be so like daunting. Yes. Super weird word. Imposter. Right. Like little dramatic. A little yeah. dramatic. <laughs> like syndrome. Yeah. Like <laughs> diagnosed. Yeah. It's Whoa. Yeah. So cool. But maybe look at it that way. <laughs> maybe don't go listen to the episode because <laughs> we do approach it a very like emotional way. Yeah. Um, no, go listen to it. If it's something you struggle with, it might just be comforting to know that people go through it. I know that was a big comment we got on that one. Yeah. Um, the, the trust I I think is a way to build a relationship with yourself. And that mm-hmm. is the foundation of everything. You also hear that all the time. It's the foundation of every relationship you go in, you got to live yourself first, blah, blah, blah. But I think building a relationship with yourself um, is so powerful. And my experience with that, it really helps my anxiety, my moments Mm. of anxiety. I feel like when I trust myself, my judgment, my morale, things like that, you know, shit to my core, it, it makes it a little bit easier to understand that those anxious thoughts aren't mine. Oh, because I'm like, able to like separate it. Right. I'm yeah. like, that's not you. Like you would never think that because you know who you are and you're like comfortable. Right. With your own thoughts. Yes. And that makes so much sense that that's something I have to really like. I, I actually have a note in my phone that says it. So I remind myself to what read does it, it. Say it. It's like a full like mantra. No, I, I've been, I was telling Alex the other day when I write notes, it's like, it doesn't make mm. sense. Um, like it's just like jumbled words, but it's pretty much just like, trust yourself, you know, yourself, you wouldn't be paired with this body if it wasn't you. Like it's stuff like that, that I like, Whoa. I, it helps with like my it's very powerful disassociation and yeah, brings you back. Um, but it's, it's a good way to not believe those words and it kind of, calms you down um and I feel like this is helpful because I was talking to Kai about this the other day like the racing thoughts I get all the time my head's always going miles per hour but especially during like anxiety moments she's like you she was telling me like you have to stop entertaining them because then your brain's going to start thinking they're true like and it's gonna it's easy to mix up your your actual inner dialogue with your anxieties inner dialogue. And that's why you got to like bring it back, really bring it back. Trust that you have, that you know how you think. And that thought is purely stemmed from a chemical imbalance. Not you. It's not from your soul. It's not from your mind. It's not from your conscious. It is a, it is a physical chemical imbalance and that is it only. And, um, yeah, we're talking about how like you, you got to, Stop believing those thoughts for obvious reasons, but one being like if your brain keeps believing those because you're letting it, you're building a pattern, and that's all your brain is built on is patterns, 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 patterns. Rich, uh, not rituals. That sounds a little witchy. Um, <laughs> routines. Yes, we're creatures of r- routines, like creatures it, of habit. That's the word. Um, like they're so good for you, and they feel good, no matter if you're a type A, type B, whatever type of person, and if we lean into the anxiety, it gets worse. And you guys might notice that too. If you, if you have an anxious day, you usually it kind of snowballs into like an anxious yep. week and it gets worse every day. It's cause you keep feeding into it. I know this is easier said than done. 
I'm just trying to, it's a recent tool I just discovered, so I'm trying to preach it. No, please, because I'm, I feel like I'm being enlightened right now. And yeah. now that I've, I'm such like a, like a head car- compartmentalizer. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah. Little, um, little drawers. Yes, I have little drawers. And I'm putting my anxiety talk in one drawer and then my actual consciousness in another. This is really like. You can keep that drawer closed a little bit easier now. Yes. Rather than filing through trying between. And I could, I could close the drawer myself. Ah. Like I feel like I've been, I've been given like the power. Like I almost like can't wait to get anxious. <laughs> <laughs> so that I could like. Okay, I Alex, you yes yeah like now i, I mean, feel like goes. i've got my power back to like close my anxiety drawer Th- that like motivates me to now like use that analogy the next time i'm in it everyone just close your close anxiety drawer. drawer just a little bit no because no yeah <laughs> fully but <laughs> because like your consciousness is different than, oh my god yep Oh my god, I feel like it could tackle the world. Even and even if the drawer like starts opening a little bit, you could be like, mm, not it's just you. the wrong drawer. Yep. It's just the wrong it's not even my size. It's not even like that drawer doesn't even apply to me. It's just a drawer in the store. Yeah. It's there, but it's And it comes out. It ain't me. Whoa. I, don't know. I preach this, but <laughs> No right. ask me tomorrow. I'm gonna be like, Fuck, <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> like I am going crazy. No, I love this. Yeah. But then, but then I start thinking, but is it you? Do you have split personality? And <laughs> no, 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 no. Your let's other just end it there. Okay, yeah, no, see, this is what's split personality. Just, I mean, you know I'm not fucking No, I know, I don't mean to, like, laugh, but, oh, like. No, no offense at all. No, I'm picturing one file cabinet, and it's split in half, and, like, the drawers are, like. Yes, that's kind of, I don't even have drawers, but if I did, that's what it looked like. <laughs> you don't have drawers in your head? No, I, I don't have full drawers. I nothing is compartmentalized. It is all everything all at once. That's a movie, right? Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. Everything, everything anywhere all at once, all the That's time. Your head. I've never seen the movie, so I'm not sure. But yeah, so wow, which is hard because like I do wish I can compartmentalize because there's a lot of times that I. I mean, majority of, the, of anything I do, I read too deep into because I'm using every See, but emotion. It's, a, it's, it's a double-ended sword because I compartmentalize, which means I fixate on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So when I fix on, fixate on something negative about me, it literally takes up my whole head for the full day and like you can't escape it. So, and it's not just one day, it'll be like weeks of me talking this, this, saying like this one thing about myself. Right. Endlessly. That definitely, like, I can't imagine how that feels. I feel like all of this is a form of self-sabotage. Oh yeah. Our brain, it's, it's so easy being negative. It's so easy to think of all the bad and we're really uncomfortable with the good and a big form of self-sabotage and why we do it is because good things are often uncomfortable because we don't feel like we deserve them. Mm-hmm. Negative talk in general is just a it's a huge form of self, self-sabotage. But self-sabotage also comes out in relationships. Oh, yeah. Big time. And dating. Um, one thing that I do with self-sabotage 
because I don't know if it's like because I'm afraid of getting hurt. I'm more so afraid to put walls down because I know that once I put one, I actually talked about this with my therapist. When I start to put my walls down, they all go down all at once and I trust too easily. Yeah. But before that, I'm like, it's nothing. It's I I'm like one way super surface level with you and it's black, very black or white with me. And one way that I self-sabotage is I never, I'm like a huge, whenever there's plans, whenever I have plans with someone, I never text them first mm-hmm. about the plan. Yeah. I like kind of expressed this to you recently. Yep. If we have a plan, I'll never text and say, hey, are we still on? When it's like, I, I know I want to do this thing with you, but I'm giving you the opportunity to back out because I would rather just like not deal with it. I don't want to yeah. go that far with people. Yeah. Okay. I go through this like thing in my head. If I do go, how is it going to turn out? And most of the time I'm like, I get like the normal jitters of like going on a date and not knowing what to talk about and like all of that stuff but like most of the time I know it's gonna like the date itself is gonna turn out fine I just don't want to go even give it the potential I don't want to give it the the potential I don't want to give it the time of day of like potentially growing into something more yeah okay because that that is the gate to potential with a person yeah ah god I uh I wish I dated more so that I can like relate to that I just like I don't even get to that level, so I can't really <laughs> say much on that. But I, I mean, I have seen you go through it and it's interesting to hear this perspective of it. I never knew that like that was the deeper reason. I always yeah. thought it was just like nerves. I had a plan with someone a couple weeks ago and you were like, well, did you text him? And I said, no, I'm going to wait till he texts me. I thought you were just doing that out of like, just like the surface level, like a boy should text first. No, this is absolutely a form of self-sabotage oh, yeah. because- I've seen it where this is my I bread mean, and butter. This <laughs> <laughs> this guy specifically we're talking about like you enjoy like you enjoyed his company. You yeah. guys had great conversation like there you you felt good around him, but you still didn't allow yourself to do it. It was purely because I don't want it to get far. Yeah. And that's sabotaging what could be maybe a good connection. Yep. That you deserve and that's going to feel good and that's going to it doesn't even matter where it goes. Maybe start looking at it like that. It doesn't matter where it goes. Just like maybe let it go there. Cause on a, I mean, this is now on a, a dating topic. We were even talking about recently, like we're at the age where like the next person we date, like we would like it to go right into, you know, forever, hopefully into something serious. Yeah. We're, we're not just fucking around anymore. It's like time. Knowing that that's a goal for you and it's something you're ready for, trust your instinct to even let it get to a point of possibly going on a date with this person. Trust that instinct that you're ready and trust that the universe wouldn't have put them on your lap if they were somebody not worth giving the black or white to. See, I know all of these things. It's just like... You're in, it's the routine. It's the routine. It's the routine. So you, that's it. You got to retrain your brain. Yep. You, you have to, you, it's going to be one of those things 
where you just have to do it. And I know that sounds silly, but this is such a like action based problem you're dealing with that mm-hmm. you will just have to do it one time. Yeah. And just like, and then you're going to have so much fun. And it's a, and like, that's the thing. I always have fun. Right. It's just like the uncomfortable part before. Yeah. That's like, oh, uh-huh. I'm about to self-sabotage because yeah. it's easier. Yeah. It's easier to just not go. I do always force myself to get out there. And like I, like I said, I do have, I end up having a good time. And like, remember that one time that we all went out and I was hitting off with a guy. We all went out one night and I was hitting it off with a friend's friend or family cousin cousin who was in town. And we all kind of like, it was an early night. So we all kind of went home and he texted me and was like, I'm down. Do you want to like go get a drink? Just us two. I'm down to kick it. And I was finding every reason under the sun not to go, mm-hmm. even though we just had like such a good night. Right. There was no red flag that you're trying to like, how do I get nope. out of this? It was. But you win. Yeah. It was purely self-sabotage. Yeah. But I ended up going, I ended up having a good time. But I'm also like in that routine of like nothing came from it. So like, why'd I go? Uh I mean, that's, that's a whole other conversation. Whole there's, other not, there's not one thing <laughs> yeah. anybody could say to yeah. curb that. But I think the the self, self-sabotage, all these scenarios you're saying that I'm sure several people relate to listening, it's, it is all a part of that repetition of retraining your brain and the standards you hold for yourself are one thing, but you also have to play the same, um, standards with people in your life does Mm -hmm. that make sense like if you're trying to work on let's let's go back to like uh speaking nice to yourself if you're trying to work on speaking nice to yourself you need to have that exact same standard for the way people speak to you these standards you set for yourself and what you deserve you're doing yourself a disservice if you fall back on them even once yep you're now like you're now breaking that self-trust the same way in a relationship. If you let someone treat you a certain way, you take them back after they betrayed you really, really bad, or you take back somebody who betrayed a standard you had in the beginning of the relationship, but now you took them back. Like that person like subconsciously knows how, what they can get away with. Like we all know this it's, those little habits that now you're you're breaking down your self-esteem it's literally a cycle like you just yep. built this all up once you break it once and it really is once yep boundaries only work if they're not never broken n- never broken do you think standards can evolve i think it just depends on like what kind of standards we're talking about like in a relationship the shit you take that you said you would never take not and it doesn't even have to be like negative say you're somebody we'll use a really surface level you're somebody who's like i want fresh flowers every week Mm. but you start being okay with that not coming because whatever no i think that's it i think that's something that will get to you no matter what however far down the relationship like if it's something that you throw out and if it's standard that you feel like no longer needs to be met it was there in the first place. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it will come back 
later down the line and you're going to resent it. Yeah. You're, it's going to be one of those things where four years into a relationship, you're going to think, well, I already got rid of that standard for you. Right. I already, I'm, I'm already sacrificing to be with you. Now you're not doing ABC. I'm going to bring this one back and use it against you. It's just like, if it's already a standard, it should stay there. It's almost like there's two types of standards though. There's one that's like to your core type shit. Like, no, this is what I want in my love. This is how my parents were. So I want it this way. Like, and like stick to those. But then there's also the standards we create that are purely because we think we should have them. And I feel like those are the ones that get watered down easier. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, well, maybe that was an unrealistic expectation anyway. You know, the standard, there's different. There's yes. a difference of okay. to your core and to what you just think you should do. Yes. Because, okay, one that has evolved for me and it really has evolved. Um, I used to think that everyone, everyone should open my door for me dating wise. I thought you just meant like everybody. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm so sorry. I didn't do that. No, 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 no. Um, I dated a guy who opened every single door mm-hmm. back in like 2015 or 2013, 2014, whatever. And then I dated someone who didn't. And then recently I dated someone who did. And there was a spark in my head where, okay, he opens all my doors for me. But then I started to think, are you doing it because you think I want it? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing it because you were actually raised like that? I do that with everything. Yes. Anything anybody does. It doesn't even have to be an action. Like a word they say to me or like, I'm like, you're only doing that because you think I want Do you want care? That. Yeah. Do you care about like my perception of it more than? Yes. Um. So I like went through that in my head and I really thought about the long relationship that I had. Uh, And the relationship wasn't great, but I thought about, he didn't open my door for me. I was fine. It's like, yeah. that was not the issue. Yeah. In four years down the line, we didn't argue about, I mean, I like, okay. Four years down the line, we didn't argue about him not opening my door. Yeah. That's what, that's where it proved it wasn't a standard for me where I thought it was that did not define my happiness in the relationship. So it wasn't a standard for me. Yeah. Of course it makes you happy, but like not everything that makes us happy needs to be a standard. Right. I think it's just happy is the standard. Right. And what falls into it is day to day, case by case. Yeah. Have you found any that like you had that mental check in with yourself? Uh, like have you ever had a mental check-in with like ooh, i like this this is this is something that i want in a relationship okay. or like uh i mean yeah that that's been the narrative of my love life the past two years of being single is creating that standard because i i don't think i had it before right i really don't think i ever even thought about this I feel like you and I relate to this. We both went into these like really hefty relationships when we were a little bit younger. And I know I didn't have like this mental spreadsheet of standards. But then when we came out of it, one of my like first thoughts going through the breakup was like, well, now I know what I don't want. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to like move on and started to get out there and like started to date other people I kind of just like gathered all of these things that like want that, don't want that, want that. And you like put it in a good way. Like we really can make 
put together this um this standards checklist of like what we want and what we deserve. It's a filtering system. It is. Completely with it. And this is even in friendships too or coworkers or you know the, these boundaries these standards you create with anybody in your life is a filtering system to keep your morals mm-hmm. safe and keep you in a place that you are comfortable with and like you identify with like your vibe attracts your tribe type thing and once you like really start to put the work in to like distinguish what it is you want it you start to trust yourself because you've given yourself these standards and you're not settling Mm -hmm. and then when you trust yourself your self-esteem grows yeah your self-esteem grows you're like oh i do deserve this this list of things that i've i've put standards to it's it's it is the cycle of Mm -hmm. this whole episode it, it's they all go hand in hand and honestly they're not sh- these different um self-worth standards self-esteem self-talk they're not as strong as you think unless they're all and they check. all work yep they all work together and you'll go through times where some are stronger than others and that's natural and like i said a, a minute ago like it'll never be fully nirvana mm-hmm. if you have that let us know how the fuck Please. you got there but you like you should be sitting here Right. I, I think, but I think knowing that, I think at least for me, like knowing that it won't ever be perfect really helps me relax my shoulders and accept a bad day from a good day and just calm down Mm -hmm. and not try and like control everything. It's a fucking beast. There's no pretty little, uh, sentence we can really say to wrap this up, but and it's an That's ongoing that. effort. Right. It's, it's never ending. There's so many things we didn't even meet. And there's so many different perspectives of this too. I mean, every topic we say on this podcast, but like this is only our perspective and it, it looks different for so many people. There's so many different hurdles you have to jump over to rebuild these things, depending on your past or not even just your past. Like there's so much, so many different directions. And I don't mean to, to look say at that to make it sound overwhelming, but it's, it, it is just like the reality of it. But I hope this helps something. I don't know. I hope this just like helps you look at it with a different perspective. Yeah. We've been sitting in silence for a few minutes here. Not, <laughs> well, not silence, but uh, radio silence into the mic. Kind of th- almost feeling silly now that we're wrapping up this episode because we're sitting here kind of not even feeling confident about the episode and the things we just fucking preached <laughs> to you guys. Um, and it's a weird like mental battle. Yeah. With yourself. Almost imposter syndrome. Yeah. Well, yes. But like also people don't listen to us because we're like licensed therapists. Right. <laughs> like, we don't need to go to some stand. We're just two 20 something year olds. Who just like talk it out. We're just talking to you guys. So I, I, I know like we've said this before, but like take everything we say with a grain of salt. I don't know. We're we do this more because we're in it with you. Right. That's how we come up with every episode. It's what what is relevant in our lives right now. Yeah. And then we build around it and try and we talk it out to each other. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. Just, it's easier talking. It's easier to like sit and talk about it and relate with you guys than to like preach something and fake it. Like we like know everything about it. Right. Like we're just, we're just like, Hey, do you feel like this too sometimes? Right. So that being said, let's talk about it in Friday's episode for Patreon. If you are a Patreon subscriber. Hello. Thank you so much. 
Um, let's, let's just talk more about this. Obviously let's, I want to hear your guys's walks of life and how you deal with the things we just said. And what are your perspectives on taking those breaks during the day? How do you, how do you actually let yourself settle into relaxation? Do you like, you know, do you think you deserve it? Do you, where's your self-worth? How does it play out in your relationship or your past relationships? Let's talk about it. It'll probably be a beefy one. Our episode last Friday was literally two, two hours. hours. That's probably the longest so Patreon nice. episode. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> probably the longest Patreon episode we've ever had, but it, it felt really great. And um, if you're not subscribed to our Patreon, just thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you are right now. And that's totally fine too. If you're on YouTube, comment down below. Love your reading YouTube comments to some of these prompts too. We'll talk to you guys there. Yep. And uh, that's that. And I hope you guys have a good week. Happy Monday or whatever day you're listening to this. And love yourself. That was cheesy. <laughs> whatever. Love you guys. Seriously, though. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>